Yo, it's your boy Don back with another episode of the Hills Have Eyes podcast. Everything North Carolina basketball, mostly men's related. If y'all want me to tap in and dive into the women's, I have no problem with that, as they also just had a first uh, huge win. Um, first team, men or women's, to come into Cameron Indoor and actually win a game. So shout out to the Lady Hills for sure. But I'm going to pick up where I left off on the last episode. Also, we have a huge game tonight. Hopefully, I'll be able to be done recording before the game starts here at 7 p.m. Eastern. I am starting at 6, 16 p.m., but I'm not going to rush out. I got some news and some updates, of course. But we're going to kick it off, and we're going to start off with North Carolina versus Notre Dame. Um, Yeah, that was the last game I left off on. We end up winning the game 63-59, uh, win on the road, hard-fought hard game for sure, um, and definitely kept us on the brink of potentially getting in the tournament. We're still on the outside looking in, so hopefully we keep this positive movement going forward. Uh, diving into the Notre Dame game, uh, it was a great game from start to finish, Um First half, they had us down 27-19. We came out in the second half pretty strong, and I love that. Um, Hard-fought win on the road. Baycott ended up with 16 points, uh, 11 rebounds. Pete Nance came out with 11 points, 10 rebounds. Leakey had six points with 11 rebounds. R.J. Davis had 12 points, an assist, eight rebounds. And Caleb Love had 16 points, five rebounds. Um the assist number for this game total was eight. I'm still kind of down on that. Uh definitely want that number to be in double digits, but uh, luckily looking forward into the next game uh, versus UVA, that number did go up, of course. As I mentioned, it was a hard-fought game. Um, Notre Dame's bench actually, I think, gave us more problems than their actual starting unit. Uh, they had two guys come off the bench and combine for 23 points, and uh, they also played some big minutes, which was huge for them, of course. Uh, Notre Dame traditionally is a wonderful three-point shooting team. Luckily, they only made seven out of 23. And, I mean, we were far worse. We were two for 23. Not sure why we kept letting them up. But it's part of Hubert Davis's philosophy, so it is what it is. We end up winning that game. I'm going to go ahead and skip forward to the UVA game because that one's more fresh in my mind and I didn't want to go back and watch highlights of the Notre Dame game. But well-deserved win. Notre Dame put up a good fight. We had a comeback in the second half is what it is. <clears throat> Diving into the UVA game, uh, Virginia game, we end up winning 71-63. Pete Nance, I love what I saw, my boy. You came out there and you was doing your thing. I want to say he started off the game like three for three from the three-point line. Uh, Mondo got in some foul trouble. Pete Nance protected the rim while he was out, and I absolutely love it. Baycott only ended up playing 25 minutes. Uh, he got in some early foul trouble. Uh, he finished with 11.6 rebounds. Pete Nance led the way with 22 points. Two assists and two rebounds. Not sure how many blocks he had. I remember two for sure. But he was four for four from three, seven for ten uh, field goal. That is a excellent shooting field goal percentage. I couldn't ask for more. Shooting 70% from the field is astonishing. 
Leaky had four points, three assists, two rebounds. RJ had 16 points. He had a double-double, an odd double-double for him, 16 points and 10 rebounds. He was going after them boards and being aggressive. Uh, Caleb Love finished with 10 points, eight rebounds, and two assists. Puff Johnson gave us 24 minutes off the bench, uh, had eight points, five rebounds. Um, then we had Jalen Washington off the bench, Seth Trimble, DeMarco Dunn. Didn't really contribute as far as the box score. I mean, Seth Trimble had a foul and a rebound. Uh, besides Puff, I mean, Jalen played four minutes. Seth Trimble played three. DeMarco Dunn played three. And it was a hard-fought win for sure because – in the first half, we came out and kind of punched them in the face. We went up first half, and score was 42-26. To open the second half, UVA went on something crazy like a – it wasn't nothing crazy, but it was like a 7-0 run. We was up like, what, 15 at the half, if I can count correctly here. And UVA did not go away by any means. And I absolutely loved it from them. But – uh. Yeah, UVA ended up scoring, outscoring us in the second half, 37-29, but we was able to win. Diving into the box score a little bit more, I love the assist numbers from this game. Uh, we ended up with 14 assists compared to their 12. We out – well, actually, they out-rebounded us 37-32. to 32. Um, No, we out-rebounded them 37-32. to 32. And we had 12 assists. They had 14 assists. So I had that flip backwards. My apologies. But um, got them in a little bit of foul trouble. Um, as I said, Nance came out aggressive. Um, and I loved that. Uh, it just seemed like he was playing more free. He wasn't really thinking while out there. He was just going. And I want to say he was talking about um, he spoke with Hubert Davis before the game. Um, or Yeah, sometime before the game. Um just talking about life, man. And sometimes, you know, as a coach, you can't always talk basketball with the players, the recruits and all that. There's life outside of that. But we had the crowd in the Dean Dome chanting out Nance's name. So I know that made him feel good. I know he was happy about it. And I know he was celebrating after that. Uh, very huge for them, man. Very huge for us. And I love it. UVA is always, Virginia, I should say, is a well-coached team, very disciplined. And their guard, um, Clark, that guy's a problem. Uh, He really didn't have a huge game this game. But, um, I mean, nonetheless, it's somebody who's on a scouting report that you for sure have to pay attention to. Um, But... Again, shout out to Nance. I know I've said some explicit things about him. The listeners have chimed in, told me I need to chill, stop bashing the players and things like that. But on the Hills Have Eyes with Don, Don J, Donovan, however you want to call me, I am always going to try to keep it 100 with you all. I'm going to tell it how it is, and there's certain things that I want to see more, especially from our upperclassmen. We brought in guys to do a certain job and fully expect them to do that job. Uh, heading into that game, Nance was 12 for 47 from the floor in the month of February, including one for 18 from three-point range. The percentages, 25.5 and 5.6. 
Nance has seen just six three-pointers fall through the cylinder the entire 2023. He missed some games, but still, it's a number I'm sure that had him in his head uh, because, of course, coming from Northwestern, he was a primary scorer and getting up baskets, getting getting buckets. And being the guy that filled in for Brady Manick, I wish he had some more years of eligibility, at least one more, who was a fan favorite, of course, especially as it came towards the end of the year. Um, Nance just didn't really go into that mode. He's a different type of player. He's more mid-range in. While Manic, I mean, he's comfortable getting buckets everywhere, and he's more of a pure shooter, of course. But nonetheless, he seems like he's coming into form at the right time. Um, and, yeah, I love the connection we seem to have, especially with the assists. I always love to see the Carolina way after every made bat- basket with an assist. She points to the person who got, who got you the assist, of course. Um, but the things that Nance did versus UVA, it's the things that we recruited and brought him in to do. Um, he could score a bunch of different ways, and he can affect the game in different ways as well. Um, as long as he's being aggressive and giving his all, he has a chance. I love the way he was sliding his feet, um, causing disruptions for Virginia at the rim, not giving up easy buckets. You can tell the shots going like he was just in better spirits, like, and he was all after it, which I love, man. But I only had two games to recap. I kind of wanted to go into some uh, recruiting news. One of our recruits, uh, James Brown, his team recently got put out of the uh, Chicago high school basketball uh, playoffs. Uh, They lost in, I believe it was the uh, second round there. But all things considered, he was named to all city honors for the 2022-2023 high school season. He earned third team honors. Um, And I'm not sure if people, I'm pretty sure a lot of you don't, but I like to keep up with recruiting kind of all around. Chicago is filled with talent. So even making the third team is a huge accomplishment itself. St. Rita went into the uh, Illinois High School state playoffs uh, for class 4A and um, played uh, Brother Rice. and actually, Bobby Frazier previously coached them. But um, they wasn't able to come out on top. Uh, so, I mean, it is what it is. He had a – that team had an amazing season, and now he will head into his uh, senior year. James Brown, um, 6'9", four-star, power forward center, 2024 class. Uh, he announced his uh, commitment to us a while back. He has a mentor that's kind of been walking him through uh, a lot of things as far as recruiting goes. Uh, that mentor's name is Corey Brewer. who used to play for that Florida team that featured uh, Hakeem Noah and uh, Al Horford. And, of course, they won, what was it, back-to-back championships. Um, and, of course, Brewer went on to the NBA. He also got a ring there. so. I mean, he's he's been doing his thing for sure, which I which I love to see. 
Um, having somebody who's played college basketball very successfully and also has some success in the NBA, it's kind of great to have him, uh, Mr. Brewer, on his side. Uh, Brown is somewhere in between 6'9", 6'10". He uses a combination of his size and length to establish deep position before using a soft touch to finish with either hand at the rim. If you ever watch any of his highlights, you'll notice that he uses both his left and his right hand pretty ambidextrous. I want to say he writes with his left hand, if I remember correctly. I mentioned that in the previous uh, episode. Corey Brewer was actually his cousin, so that's great. So I'm pretty sure there's a lot he's seen uh, firsthand with his cousin, big cousin, Corey Brewer. Um, And Corey Brewer had quite the experience himself, I'm pretty sure, going through college and going through the pros. And Brown you know, kind of tips his cap to how big of a help he was in the recruiting process, which Brown says he thoroughly enjoyed. Um, A lot of recruits find it to be stressful and things like that. Brown kind of looked at it as the bigger picture and very unique opportunity that was in front of him. Uh, I love when he committed to us. This kind of came out of nowhere for me. And he contributes uh, his relationship that he was able to build with Coach Davis and Coach May. It stood out to him. Um, of course, the basketball history is well known. Being able to have the opportunity to play for a program such as North Carolina Blue Blood. So I certainly can't wait to get him. He has a senior year to go. He's 2024 recruit. Um, so another full year of development, weight room, and all that good stuff. Can't wait to see that guy on campus and uh, see what he brings to the table. Uh, Moving over to another recruit of ours. Um, Elliot Kadu, number one rated point guard in the class of 2024. He could reclassify to 2023. It's kind of depending on who leaves and if he feels he's ready and things like that. Um, he's going to be playing for the international team over in, I believe it's Sweden. But, yeah, so I love the experience he gets. He's more known as a passer, and the more that I dive into his actual highlights, I notice that he is pretty darn athletic. Um, I wouldn't say he's a – Cole Anthony, he's somewhere in that range of like Kobe White, and he's an excellent shooter, of course, as well. So if you haven't had a chance, please take the chance, watch some of his highlights, see the leader he is, see how he sees the floor. He's always looking a step ahead. Seems like he's always a play ahead, a step ahead when it comes to distributing the ball. And we haven't had anyone like that since, let's just go ahead and say Kendall Marshall. So that'll be great, especially for our bigs and setting up everybody else on the court. And he can set up his own shot. He can get buckets, but he's more of a passer. Moving over to Ian Jackson, I got to see him battle. Well, I watched the highlights of him battle another 2024 combo guard, Mr. Boogie Flynn. He's not too far behind him. In the recruiting ranks, um, Ian Jackson is currently number two. Uh, Boogie Flan is somewhere like, I want to say between five and ten somewhere. But uh, definitely look forward to him, five-star shooting guard. 
Um, that 2024 class is going to be special. You got Elliot Kadu, Drake Powell, who's also um, in the high school playoffs. They just had a big win themselves. And, uh, yeah, currently we just have the top-ranked 2024 recruiting class. Um, yeah, I love the New York guards that we're, like, we're able to get. Uh, Ian Jackson goes to Cardinal Hayes. Um, I want to say that's in Brooklyn. We have a nice little pipeline there in New York, New Jersey. Um, of course, Cole Anthony. We got R.J. Davis, uh, Simeon Wilcher, and uh, yeah. So those East Coast guards, those New York guards, they play tough. Usually their handles, I mean, it's just kind of in their DNA for them to, you know, work on their handles and everything else comes next. Ian Jackson, his calling cards are his athleticism, his toughness, and his competitiveness. He's not only physically gifted, but highly competitive with an ability and willingness to change the game on that end of the floor. I can't wait to see him on several fast breaks in that Tar Heel blue. I can't wait to see Elliot Kadu set him up, throw the pass ahead, or just simply run in the offense. Ian Jackson has a nice mid-range game. Um, there's more desire to see from his three-point game, but he usually doesn't have to depend on it as he can – get in the lane, get to his mid-range, and kind of cause havoc there. He sees himself fitting in great. Uh, and, of course, he wants him to be able to display all aspects of his game, um, show that he can defend, facilitate the ball, shoot and play in the post a little bit, um, all that kind of stuff. And, of course, with our North Carolina style, you're just kind of free. The offense it has no restrictions, but in a good way, of course. So – being able to play his game in Jackson, he should feel completely free and completely comfortable. He also has a great relationship with uh, Hubert Davis. It goes beyond basketball. He got to know Big Hugh as a person and got to know his family. Uh, a little more intimate than basketball, as he described. And that was probably the best part about that for him. Um, he got the chance to build a better relationship with Hugh and the coaching staff. Um, and he contributes that real connection to his announcement and just kind of wrapping things up. Uh, being able to meet every coach and be in different places and experience different things in different atmospheres was also a plus from him. Um, he appreciated all the schools that he took official visits to and all that stuff. He enjoyed all his visits. But uh, he only officially visited five schools, which was UNC, Arkansas, Kentucky, LSU, and Oregon. And he was offered by several other premier programs in college basketball, such as Kansas, Duke, UConn, and UCLA. So huge, 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 huge recruiting win for North Carolina and Hubert Davis. He loves the family atmosphere. Um, the whole coaching staff played in North Carolina. So everyone's familiar with the program and the culture and he just thought it says a lot about UNC that all the former players and coaches came back to schools for their careers. So great thing. Also, he has a good friendship with uh, RJ Davis. Uh, they talk quite a few about the experience stepping off, stepping foot in Chapel Hill on campus and how everything is played out for him. 
kind of gave him a breakdown of what it's going to be like and what to expect, how to carry himself once he got there, what's he appreciated and all that good stuff. One thing I look forward to, again, is him playing with Elliott, five-star point guard, 2024 class. He's very excited to play with him. They got a small relationship right now. They do talk a lot. Um, and the first time he'll probably be able to get to play with him is in college. So um, I hope they will be able to find some other chances to play together, where it be some pickoff in the downtime or whatever it is. And ultimately, everything just feels right to them. As far as like who he resembles or like compares himself to, it's kind of hard to mold him into like one former player, but he's a two guard for sure. Uh, looking into some other things, I don't want this to be extremely short, but yeah, 2024 class is loaded. Um, another recruit of ours. Uh, Jaron Stevenson, uh, that's a five-star recruit for the 2024 class, formerly a teammate of Drake Powell, who's in the 2000 and is he 2023 or 2024? 2024. Um, yeah, I hope we we're able to get Jaron Stevenson, big body, 6'10". He'll continue to grow and all that good stuff, and he'll be a solid wing protector. The 2024 class, there's still some spots to actually be filled. We could see Jaron Stevenson, of course, and then the guard, Boogie Flan, who I was talking about in that incredible game, that incredible matchup he had with uh, Ian Jackson. Uh, there's a chance that, I mean, we could see both of them together play. Uh, when Ian played uh, against Boogie, Boogie Flan, uh, Cardinal Hayes squad, they end up defeating uh, Flan's R. Bishop. Stepanock team, 74-68, and that was back on February 14th. Jackson scored 35 points in the win. Uh, Flan finished with 27. There's a highlight reel on that game on YouTube. Go ahead, check it out. Very early on, it looked like Flan and uh, Archbishop Stepanak was getting the best of them, and Ian just kept going. You've seen the intensity. He didn't give up. He kept going to his spots, kept getting his and ones, uh, kept getting the fast break dunks and all that good stuff. So incredible to see from them. Um, more so talking about us being on the brink of the tournament. We have Florida State tonight. They're 9-20, and 20, so this is a must-win game. It is on the road. Um, Florida State has been known to give other teams in the conference a pretty rough time, especially looking at that team not too far down tobacco road. And – Duke. I want to say Duke is one of those teams that they always give trouble. But we're predicted to win this game. Uh, I hope Mondo stays out of foul trouble. Um, I hope we can keep their guards in check. Uh, Florida State just most recently beat the Hurricanes in Miami at Miami. That was a huge win for a uh, uh, huge win for them, of course. Uh, but their season hasn't been really what they wanted to. There hasn't been a lot of highs for them, a lot of lows, but I assume they will be back in some fashion as the ACC as a whole just looks down. I mean, there's not, I mean, really a lot of great teams in the ACC right now. Currently, Pitt leads the ACC. 
Uh, they're number one in the ACC, followed by Miami, UVA, Clemson, Duke, North Carolina State, and then us. Um, so definitely got to win out, definitely got to push forward into the ACC tournament. I hope Nance is able to continue tonight just being aggressive and keeping that mindset, seeing them shots go in and, you know, protecting the rim if need be. Because as I said, he played some incredible defense versus UVA and that uh, Bennett coach squad. You know, they like to slow things down, but they got down early, so they had to speed up and play more on our tempo, which we always love, you know, kind of running gun, putting up shots. We want to put up more shots than you. Um, I wish most of those shots weren't three-pointers, but that specific game, I mean, they just seemed to fall, and they were falling. Um, As far as the three-point range, again, for that UVA game, they hit four out of 12. We were 10 for 22. So shot 45% from three, 46% overall, while they shot 39% overall and 33% from three-point range. Um. We shot 77% from the line. We got to the line 22 times, made 17 of them. A lot of good, a lot of big defensive rebounds. The assist numbers was in double digits. I liked it. The steals that UVA got, though, they had like seven steals and two blocks. Meanwhile, we had one steal and eight blocks. I'm not sure I've seen a block number in our box score this high all year. And that was just wonderful. Total turnovers for the game was 12. Definitely, we always want to see that go down. Our largest lead in the game was 17. Overall, we ended up winning by, what was that, eight points. So, big win. Um, Our first quad one win of the season. And as I said, we got to continue. We got this Florida State game. And then, of course, we got Duke coming into the Dean Dome not too shortly after that on March 4th, which we'll definitely need to win that game to create positive momentum going into the ACC tournament. Um, I I would love for you all to follow, like, our recruiting as much as I do because it's kind of, like, wonderful seeing, like, players develop – I don't just watch our players. I look at potential prospects, players. We don't have a snowball's chance in to get or commit to us, of course. Um, it's fun seeing the next stars or potential stars of the NBA or the next stars of college basketball, seeing where they come from and seeing where they end. And we got some notable guys that can be stars not only at the college level but the NBA level. Um, class of 2023, we got uh, we got uh, Simeon Wilcher, which for some reason he was left off the McDonald's All-American team, and he was left off the Iverson Classic team. So that's something he's going to have in the back of his mind. Zayden High, who can score um, all levels, um, pick and pop, pick and roll. He's going to have a wonderful time with Simeon Wilcher when he comes in next year. Now, depending on who leaves from this team, we could have a pretty formidable backcourt, more depth than what we do now. Because right now, I mean, we have RJ, we have Caleb Love, we have Seth Trimble, we have uh, DeMarco Dunn um, and those guys. 
Um, I'm not sure who's going to leave. I kind of foresee Love being the one gone. I could see RJ returning back. And if we could pair RJ with the Simeon Wiltshire, um, of course, Seth Trimble stay, and maybe Elliot decides to enroll a year early. Who knows, man? This guy could be the limit. Um, with this next year's basketball, I don't want to look too far into next year's team, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of holes to be filled as Mondo will most likely leave. I believe he does have another year of eligibility left. Uh, Nance will be gone. Um, Leaky will be gone. As I said, I foresee Caleb Love being gone. So Hubert Davis will probably be in that transfer portal again, looking to add some pieces. And there's some out there, but I'll more so talk about that in like a season wrap-up type thing. Because, of course, players can play themselves into the draft. Players can play themselves out of the draft. Mars Madness can do wonders for people for sure. But uh, I don't want to hold y'all up too much. Um, I really didn't have too much this episode. Uh, big win over Notre Dame. Big win over UVA. Uh, hearing about... 15 minutes we get to play Florida State on the road and with a quick turnaround um, just hopefully we keep that same momentum that we went into that UVA game that sense of urgency that passing the ball around I hope Pete Nance keeps his high streak going and I kind of hope he catch fire kind of like how Brady did towards the end of the season once Darson Garcia kind of checked out from the university due to the family issues and all that and kind of created more space and more time for uh, Brady Manic. Uh, Mondo, stay out of foul trouble, man. There was some silly fouls I don't like to see you get. You're a beast. You're a monster, man. Give me, give me, I don't know, 25, 25 and 12 plus tonight, man. I want to see you get back to the double-double. I want to see you get closer to that record. I want to see you keep extending that record, I should say, as far as double-doubles and leading the team all-time in rebounds. Um, very shortly here, I want to say it's very possible this game versus UVA, he'll be able to even surpass Jordan, of course, uh, Michael Jordan, in all-time points. Of course, Jordan didn't play as many years as Mondo, but an incredible feat in itself. But, again, this is Don with another episode of – the Hills have eyes. I would love some of the fans to join in on the show. I can send you invites. We can link out. I'll make it convenient for you. Any questions, any topics you want to discuss, or if you just have topics that you want me to discuss, I have no problem going over that as well. Uh, so, again, we got Florida State Seminoles tonight at Florida State, 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. Got about 14 minutes now, and I'm about to go ahead and switch over to the TV, make me and a little seven-year-old boy some cheeseburgers and stuff, man, so we can sit here and chill out. Um, I hope we can come out because if, this, if we lose this game, I mean, honestly, we're probably going to have to win the ACC tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. Regardless, I'm going to watch my team through season end and I hope you all support the team through season end as well. Again, this is your boy Don with the Hills Have Eyes podcast, everything North Carolina basketball, in conjunction with Beyond the Game. 
I always like to tip my hat to Nephew Q, Cowboy Q, giving me the platform to even be able to speak to the fans, speak to our Beyond the Game group, and just put out content. Um, this is the first episode I actually had a mic. I usually perform with the headset my job provides me. I got one of those. Uh, uh, what kind of what kind of mic did I get? Blue Snowball Ice, man. I seen it on Amazon. It, it was it was on sale, man. And I'm always looking on Twitter for deals. There's a particular page I follow on Twitter. It's called Fat Kid Deals. It always shows me things on sale for Amazon. Some things you absolutely don't need, but you end up buying. And some things you will find out that you do need. I just bought a two-pack of LED lights for the room and set the mood for the lady friend of the night. My woman, not just a lady friend, I should say. But anyway, it's not going to go too far off topic, man. I know y'all tired of hearing me rambling. I need to get some notes and prepare for the next episode as well. Um, as always, I love everyone that listens. Anyone that wants to dive in and get on the show with me, please inbox me, email me, talk to Q, wherever you see me, post the Hills Have Eyes podcast, comment down in there, and I'll make some time and we'll work with your schedule and my schedule to get you on here. Um as always, peace, love, and happiness, and I'm going to catch you all on the next episode of the Hills Have Eyes podcast. And this next game, uh, the net before the next podcast, I'll be previewing. I'll be reviewing the Florida State game, and I'll be previewing the Duke game. Um, I want to try to record before the Duke game because if anyone knows me, I hate Duke, and I have a certain name that follows me. And a certain organization that I'm not going to say on here in case there's some kiddos listening. But if you're in the Beyond the Game group, you know exactly what that moniker is and how hard I go at Duke fans and how much I hate Duke. But everyone have a good night. I hope everyone uh, be able to tune in to the game. Um, and I'll catch you all on the next episode. Peace.